Good morning, New Life. My name is Christy. I am, oh, what? I was starting, wasn't I? You were. You gotta figure this out. My name is Christy. Um, I am on staff here at New Life, and New Life has been my home church um, for almost 37 years now. So I love this place. It's so good to be with you all today. Um, we are going to do a new segment that we're calling Three-ish Things, um, and we're just highlighting um, Hi, writer. Stuff that's going on in the church, just so that you can keep up to date. So the first one. Wait, wait, what? wait. I have, I have one before then. That's why it says three-ish. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't. And that, that is that uh, Dave Hick Hickney. Dave, you celebrated 98 years on this earth on Thursday. And I think it's worthy of saying I something. Agree, I agree. Okay. There you go, Dave. So I... I was actually uh, one of the, I was one of the fortunate ones to uh, be asked to, to go to the birthday party. And uh, I, I'm telling you, I want to get to 98. If you get a spread like that, right? Right, Dave? If you get a spread like that for 98, I mean, it's pretty good. So, go That's why we call it the three-ish things, because Scott <laughs> just likes to add stuff. Okay. The other things, Friday emails. So Friday afternoon at about noon, um, I myself send out an email. I'll just throw up the slide there, Isaiah. Perfect. Um, so this is, again, just keeping you up to date on what's going on in the church week to week. Um, we don't spam you. You get one email a week. I try to keep it as short as I can. Um, in there, you're going to find a little recap of the dailies that we did the week prior and then the week to follow. Um, I also do, there's a song playlist that um, Andrew puts together on YouTube. So if you were missed a Sunday or if your house church doesn't come to church every Sunday, you're actually able to listen to the songs that week. Or if you want to learn a new song before Sunday, um, so you can use that as well. And then again, there's just stuff going on. So you can sign up there and get an email from me every week. Lucky you. I have a question for you. How are your finances? My finances? Yeah. My finances are good. They're good. A little awkward, isn't it? It's very awkward. It's very awkward. He did not tell me he was going to ask no. me that question, by the way. So we're going to talk about uh, finances, and that's how kind of I feel. I feel a little awkward talking about it. But uh, first of all, if you've been giving to the church, you will receive a uh, tax receipt uh, by the end of this week coming up. So that's going to be happening. Uh, secondly, if you would like to uh, be a regular giver to in the church, you can do so. And there's different ways you can give. Uh, you can give, there's a little slot in the back there, and you can give that way. Uh, you can go online, and uh, there are various ways you can give online, as well as our, our app. So those are ways that you can give uh, to the church. So our, where are we in our giving? Well, we've been doing pretty good. January's kind of trending like normally January, which is a little bit of a, a tail off. Uh, but our January giving didn't quite meet our, our January expenses uh, so that's kind of where we're at. And if you are interested in being part of the ministry here, that would be wonderful um, to consider that. Good. Okay. Last three-ish thing is, where are Butch and Wilma? I warned them I was going to do this. Where are they? There they are. If everyone wants to turn around and look at Butch and Wilma Maxwell, the last few weeks, um, they have been out at the information booth and they are raising money for their team for the coldest night of the year. And the coldest night of the year is an initiative by the Couchin, or the Canadian rather, Mental Health Association. And it's happening this Saturday and it's just to raise money for uh, causes and programming for um, people who are on the streets to support them. Um, the 
Duncan uh, event is raising money specifically for um, programming and a safe space for homeless youth. So I can't think of anything else that is more worthwhile. Um, and I, I get so excited because I check their page every week to update you in the Friday email that you're going to sign up for later. And they are out of 50 teams in the Valley. They are the top fundraisers by almost double. Yes, yes, yes. Scott and I are so excited. Um, and they are only $1,000 away from their $5,000 goal. Um, the giving has been so great in Duncan that the organization has actually upped their goal from $30,000 to $50,000. And they're just $10,000 shy of that. So we just want to show the Valley that we are for them, that we are going to engage in those that, are, that need our help. So after the service, you can go see Butch and Wilma at the information booth. And I uh, just encourage you to just even just ask questions, check in. You can go to the website and, um, yeah. I think that's it. I think probably the only thing I want excuse me, add to that is that if you have signed up, um, they have information that you'll want to know about uh, the route and, uh, and just about the, the walk, if you're going to do the walk and that. But I really am excited. It, it, uh, for us as a church um, in this valley, for the valley to see that we're participating in that um, shows that it's just not about us, but we are for this valley. And, um, and it it's really, really is exciting. I've uh, been asked to be involved in some other things that I'll be telling you about that we could uh, step into to be part. So anyways, thank you very much. Keep the short. We didn't. So sorry. <clears throat> yeah. That's all right. We tried. <laughs> hey, what I would really uh, like to do is uh, just spend some time in prayer together as a, uh, as a church family. And as we've been doing for the last little bit, is just directing you in prayer more than, than somebody up here just praying, but really directing you in your time of prayer uh, as a church family. And so it may seem strange because uh, we kind of bow our heads or close our eyes or, or just move ourselves into a place of not being distracted uh, to come to the Lord. And I have three areas that I would like us to pray towards today. Um, and that is relationships, uh, physical or physical or physical or relationship healing, physical healing, and our country's healing. And I'd like to move us in those three areas. So will you join me as I uh, invite us to pray before the Lord this morning? As we start off, it is always good to be able to give thanks to the Lord. And let us do that. Let us think back on our week, the areas where we interacted with the Lord, and we can praise and thank him. Think about the people in your life. Think about relationships. Maybe, maybe you have some broken relationships. Maybe you have friends or family that you know have broken relationships. And it is good to come to our Heavenly Father. It is good to come to Jesus, who has come to reconcile. And let us pour out our hearts before him for those broken relationships. Maybe you sit here and your marriage is not good. 
or your relationship with your parents is not good or parents with children. Maybe it's a friend that you've had a falling out with. But pray with a believing heart that God wants to restore. Seek him for restoration and healing in those relationships. As we seek our Father who wants to heal relationships, he's also the same Lord, the same God, the same Father who heals our bodies. It is good to come to him, to lay before him those illnesses, the sickness, the pains, those things which continue within our bodies or those that we know. So together, together, let us come before our Heavenly Father, the healer, and ask him to heal. Invite him to heal those physical areas of our lives or those that we know. Let's do that now. We know our country is in desperate need of healing. It is fractured, it is broken. Let us pray, let us ask God to come and heal our land. And that might start with you. It may start in your own heart. But let us cry out to God to heal this land of its brokenness, of its division, of the angst that we feel.
Father, we thank you that we actually can sit here in this building. We can pray to you, our living God, our eternal God, our all-powerful God. Father, for us, as we hear, we, we only see a small portion, really a Less than, a, less than a grain of sand are we able to comprehend of who you are and what you are doing. But Lord, we do know that you call us and ask us to come and pray before you. And that's what we have done today. You have heard your people, your saints, cry out to you. Father, whether that is a broken relationships to be healed or physical bodies to be healed or a country to be healed. Father, we recognize it can only happen in and through you. So may we find ourselves, Lord, before the throne of grace, crying out to you, seeking for you to do that great and mighty work. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I... I know that um, taking time like this is so important. And it's, it may feel a little strange it's because we normally don't do this, but, but something about pausing and praying together, something about us engaging and understanding that, that God is working. He is here. And we get to do that together. It's pretty powerful. It's not pretty powerful, it is powerful. What a pleasure it is. Especially in a world where we're, we're rushed and we're hurried. Sometimes just pausing like this helps us to refocus and recenter, which is good. So my message this morning, um, as we go through the, yes, How's that? Is that better? Can you hear me? Okay. They, oh, they can hear me. Brad's back there going, no. Thank you, Brad. Um, I want you to picture with me back with the nation of Israel. And they are at the time of Jesus. And here they are in their land. Jesus is walking around this land, this Israel. He's walking around Jerusalem. And in it, there are Jewish people who are feeling the weight of occupation. This land, which was theirs, is now being ruled and reigned by another nation, Rome. They are paying taxes to another nation. Where they used to pay taxes and their gifts would go to the temple and to the nation of Israel, now it goes to the nation of Rome. And it's going to the agenda that Rome has, which is to occupy them. 
Think with me that here you have a home and you have some land and you call it your own and somebody comes and they say, out of here, off your land. And by the way, don't take anything with you. It's ours or it's mine. And you lose all that is yours. Think about what that would have been like. And then as you read through the Old Testament, you also read in there, there come, there'll come a day, there'll come a time when God's kingdom will be reestablished here on this earth. His kingdom's going to come. And there's going to be someone who's going to be sitting on the throne of David. And you're longing for that. And you're looking for that. And you're hungry for that. And you desire that this kingdom will come. So think. Think about what that would have felt like. To have this land that, that was once yours taken away. And now you're looking for somebody to rescue you, somebody to bring it back so that you can have what you once had. That's what was happening when Jesus arrives on the scene. And, and then he begins to say something. He begins to say something like, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is near. Or the kingdom of heaven is here. Or the kingdom of heaven is like. He starts to, he starts to share this. He starts to say this. And you, you actually find that in Matthew 4, 17 is the first time as, as Jesus starts his ministry, his first time that he begins to preach this repent of your sins, and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near, Matthew 4, 17. And so he's, he's preaching this. Now, you have to understand, when he talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's the same as the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is the same as the kingdom of God. Why does Matthew use the kingdom of heaven? Well, I shared this in the daily, but I'm going to go over it again, just in case you didn't. Listen, for Matthew, his audience that he is speaking to here in this book, it is a Jewish audience. It's predominantly Jewish people. And they looked at the name, the Yahweh, as this very sacred name. I mean, they were told, do not use this name in vain. And they wouldn't. I mean, when they wrote the name, they would, they would break the, the utensil that they wrote with. That's how sacred Yahweh was. Not like we have today, you know, something happens and somebody says, oh, my God. Oh, oh yeah, oh, my God. I mean, for them, it was Yahweh. So Matthew writes the kingdom of heaven because he, they understand that this is the kingdom of God. They understand what he is saying, what he is meaning. But it's in reverence of the God's name that he says the kingdom of heaven. It's the same and together. And so as I go through this this morning, I'm going to use them. I'm going to interchange them, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Why, why is this important? Well, here's the thing. If you go through the book of Matthew and you, you underline the kingdom of heaven every time it is used, it's used over 30 times in 28 chapters. That's a pretty big theme, is it not? 20, over 30 times in, in 28 chapters. In my Bible, in the 30 pages that I have of the book of Matthew, it's used about 1.5 times per page. So, 
The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is an important part of what Matthew is trying to say and what we need to understand of what it is. What we have here is this. All that Jesus teaches, all his acts, all his parables point to one thing, the kingdom of God or heaven. It all points to that. In other words, when you think of Jesus, you think of the kingdom. When you think of the kingdom, you think of Jesus. Here's another point. The kingdom of God is not how we get to heaven, but how heaven comes to earth. Think about that for a moment. The kingdom of God is not how we get to heaven, but how heaven comes to earth. Yes, we have eternal life through Jesus because he is the way. He is the truth. There is no one, no way we can get to God but through him. And yes, he is a way maker. And yes, he died on the cross and rose from the dead so that you and I can can know that our sins are forgiven, we have a relationship with him, and we will spend eternity with God. But the kingdom of God is for now. And what you and I do here on this earth, how you and I interact on this earth, expresses the kingdom of God. See, God's kingdom is about his rule and authority here on earth. Think about when Jesus was asked by his disciples, can you teach us to pray, right? Can you teach us to pray? And what does he say to them? He doesn't say, well, you pray this prayer for salvation. He says, you pray this. Pray that God's kingdom his kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You start seeing that link? His will to be done here on this earth as it in, is in heaven. It defines how God operates here. God's kingdom has never been any different than it was at the beginning of time when we read in in, in Genesis 1 and 2, God, his authority, his rule, and his reign is here on earth. And we begin to see and recognize what this looks like. So, let me go to a passage, and it's Matthew 13, 33. You'll, you'll turn there. Um, this week, coming up in the dailies, I was given, Andrew gave me uh, three, three parables to work with, and, um, and then an explanation of one of the parables. There's no way in 10 minutes that I could do justice to these three parables. So I'm taking the opportunity today to talk about one of them, which is the yeast. And Jesus says here in Matthew 
13.33, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like. So he's explaining. Let me tell you what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like yeast. Now, I don't know if any of you uh, do any baking. Anybody bake bread here? Let me see the bed, bread, bed, bread bakers. Come on, raise your hands. Let me see. Because I want to know whose house I'm going over to. Fantastic. Excellent. Okay. I love making bread. I really do. And so I get this picture, but it says here, let's read together what this says. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used to make bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Now, when I think of three measures of flour, I have this recipe that I like to make and I throw it into a hot pot and, and, uh, and, and, and bake it off, and it's, it's, it's really great. And it's about three cups of flour. This is not three cups of flour here. This is actually 60 pounds of flour that she's putting yeast into. 60 pounds. I mean, not a massive amount of dough that she is making bread with. This is huge. This is huge. And it says that she puts a little bit of yeast. The yeast represents the kingdom of God. The yeast represents the kingdom of God. And the desired effect is that that yeast is going to penetrate and permeate that entire 360 pounds of flour. It's going to permeate it, and it's going to cause it to rise. The whole entire thing. It's going to permeate the whole entire thing. How is this like the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is this way because it comes into our lives. And God intends that it permeates every aspect of our life. Every aspect of our life. Not just, not just our Sunday morning. When we come to church on Sunday morning. God's desire is it permeates every aspect of our life. That his kingdom is represented the school you go to, the work that you do, the areas that you play, you are bringing the kingdom of God into those areas. And so when you go to school, you should be different. The teachers should see you differently because you are different, because the kingdom of God is in you. And we allow that to permeate us. But they say, oh, you know, that, 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 that student, I like that student in my class. They don't talk back to me. They do their homework. That your, your peers see you as different. There's something about you. There's something about you that is different. where we work, that we show up on time where we work, and we work until the, the day is done, and we don't try to skip out early, and we work in such a way that, that, the, that those that employ us look at us and say, you are different. I want you. Do you have any more of your kind? Is there any more of your tribe that could come and work here? Because I want your people here, because you're different. 
That's the kingdom of God permeating our lives because it makes a difference out here. And when we play, it's different. When I went to Bible school, they made us play a sport. Everybody had to play a sport. Now, for me, I didn't think it was all that bad because I like sports, but I heard some of my peers complaining that they had to play a sport. And then I watched some of those people play sports, and they talked really great, wonderful Christian things in the classroom, and you got out there on the sports field, and where did that person go? I mean, they were just tenacious beyond tenacious, knocking people over to get the ball, throwing elbows. We should be different because that's the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God makes a difference. Here's something. <laughs> See, the kingdom of God is autocratic and not democratic. Hmm. We're told in Matthew 16, Jesus says this. This is, this is autocratic. He says, if you want to follow me, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. We live in this democratic country, and what a wonderful thing it is. And, and it gives us the ability to do what we're doing here. I, I have friends that live in China, and they can't do this that we're doing here because they don't live in a democratic country. And so it's a blessing that we live here. But, you know, our life with God is not a democratic way of living. It's autocratic. God says, it's my way. Think, we don't go and negotiate. Do you think we'd, we'd sit down and say, okay, God, can we negotiate something? Can we negotiate a little bit? Um, this whole thing about, about cheating. I mean, I've got a group of people here that we all want to rewrite the rules on cheating. Can, can we vote on it, God? I mean, we've all voted on it. We voted to change how we view cheating. God's going to go, no way. It's, it's my way, not your way. That is the kingdom of God. His way. And there's great freedom in that. And that's what he says. If you want to have life, then give up your life because there's so much freedom in that. I remember when I was in high school, it was my last year, grade 12. I didn't go to any parties and there was a party that I wanted to go to. And so I went to my parents and I said, I want to go to the party. And they said, no, you're not going to the party. And I said, I will, listen, if I go to the party, I will be good. And they said, no, my dad says, no, you're not going to the party. I said, listen, let me go to the party. I'll do extra chores. And my dad said, no, you're not going to the party. I said, yeah, but if you let me go to the party, he goes, no. There's no negotiation. You're not going to the party. And I did the typical teenage thing. I was actually quite upset. I, let, I stomped out of the room. I wasn't going to talk to my dad. He's a terrible guy. What's going on? He's not letting me have any fun. 
course, I travel a few more years down the road, and when I look back on my life at that period of time, my, my, my mom and dad were 100% correct. I shouldn't be going to that party. Why? I was not in any space, spiritually, emotionally, maturity-wise, to go to that party. My dad knew that. And I'm glad I grew up in this autocratic situation with my dad and my mom. I needed that. It's not that God doesn't love us. He does 100%. And there's a reason why he's called us. So what do I do with this? Well, here's where I think we can go. There's so much on the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. It's actually a very beautiful thing. It's a very wonderful thing. And that when we think about our land, our country that we live in, what does this country need? It needs Jesus, does it not? I know we're Baptists, and I know we don't say a lot of amens, but just a little amen. Does our, does our country need Jesus? Amen. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. It does. It needs Jesus. And it's going to have, it will have Jesus when you and I take the kingdom of God, that different living, the way we see, the way we love, the way we act, the way we do, when we bring that into our environment. That's why being part of the coldest night of the year is important for us. It's what our community is doing, and we're coming in. And I can't think of a better thing that we're number one. That's fantastic. Why? Because we're going to come with something different into that kingdom because we bring his kingdom. So with this, what do we need to see? First is, is that we need to recognize that, that the goal is not heaven. That is what is going to come. But the goal is right now, today. What is God calling you to be part of his kingdom today? What is it? Looking at it that way is so important. Two, it's this. Kingdom living. Yeast-filled life cannot be a part-time, once-a-week occurrence. It must be a lifestyle. It's looking at our lives and saying, it's not just what I do on Sunday. It's what I do every day. It's stopping. It's pausing, like we did even today when we prayed. And we just slow down and we just say, God, I want, I want your kingdom to permeate every aspect of my life. Is pausing me before you go into your school. Do you, I want to tell you this. You here who are in high school, or you're, you're in elementary, or you're junior high, you can make a difference in your school. You don't have to wait until you're my age to make a difference. You can make a difference today. Do you believe that? I believe that. I'm so excited. There's a group here who wants to do Alpha in their school. They are going to make a difference, whether they can do it or not. But you can make a difference. And waking up and saying, God, I want, to be, I want to make a difference in my school today. You can. Your workplace. As an employer, you can make a difference. So here's, here's my last part. And i got to get off the stage. Doing this lifestyle is best in community. It is best in community. 
That's why we encourage people to be part of house churches. It's best in community. That's why, that's why Alicia has had mentors for our older students. I would encourage you, have a mentor in your life. I have a mentor. I have several mentors, but I have, I have a mentor in my life that I speak into my life. Tell me, listen to me, and tell me where I need to make corrections. Give me high fives where I'm, I'm nailing it, but I need a mentor in my life. Or find a small group of people who are like-minded and get together and hold each other accountable for a lifestyle of the kingdom of God. Do it in community. It's so much better. Let me pray and the, the, the uh, worship team is going to come up. We're going to have an opportunity for you to engage in communion if you would like to. Because maybe today by taking communion, you are saying, you know, Lord, I don't want it to be just something I do on a Sunday morning. I want it to be a lifestyle every day, what I do in my life. And today, as I take communion, I make that commitment. Or maybe as I make a commitment, Lord, to love you in a deeper and greater way. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that your kingdom has come. And Lord, that we would pray that your will be done. Oh, Lord. That we would anticipate that you will use us today, tomorrow, every day we wake up, that you would use us for your kingdom. Father, thank you for the work you have done and the work that you're going to do in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. One more time as we... Uh...